Welcome to Real Matters of the Heart, where we say life is all about chances and you control how many you take, but not how many you get. I am Joy, your host. Thank you so much for joining me. Tonight, I have a very special guest and we are going to hit a hot topic, I believe. So I'm excited to get into it. And this dude is going to give us that real. <laughs> you hear him laughing already, so you know it's about to go down. We got all kinds of things going on in our mind. Conspiracy theories are already flying. We got stuff happening. So I want to introduce to you my guest for the evening, Victor. I met him through church. Like, boom. <laughs> boom. boom. So I'm going to start it off like that. I met him through church, but it wasn't until, and y'all know I got a love-hate relationship with Facebook and the worldwide internets and all of those things, but it wasn't until we became friends on Facebook when I started really seeing like what this dude is about. Because you know you got your church stuff, which is, <laughs> which you know, I'm, I'm trying, I mean, you know, I'm trying not to have like my separate church self, but you got your church self. Like it, even if you close to that on the outside, you still got a separate church self. That's just what it is. Can we keep it real? So... I see him on Facebook and I'm like, yo, this dude is legit. And I reach out like we got to have a conversation. Real Matters of the Heart is where it's settled. And like I said, we got a topic tonight that's going to just get y'all. If I bet you, I bet you if I had a phone line, tonight would be the night it would be blowing up. Y'all will be calling in because you're going to have something to say. And you're probably going to be beatboxing and high-fiving and handshaking and head nodding and all that tonight with this conversation. I want to have Victor say a couple of words and then we're going to jump right in. What up? <laughs> what up? My name is Victor Gabriel, but no one actually says that. Everyone calls me Vic. Only people call me Victor, like old moms and grandmas okay, and so aunties. I'm, I'm, an, I'm Victor's auntie tonight. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm a therapist at a rape crisis center in Compton. Uh, a what else? Therapist at a rape counseling center. I know, it's crazy. A black like, male at a rape crisis center. It's listen, crazy. it's crazy. That's going to have to be a whole nother. A therapist <laughs> at a rape crisis center like the stuff you see juxtaposed against the things that are handed to you as a black man growing yeah. up and yeah. how your relationship with women and yeah. what we're getting ready to talk about like all of that all that fox factors into whoa it. all that factors heavy into it. i know so i'm not sure if i have like amazing things to say <laughs> <laughs> i do have my own experiences i guess i can always share which are amazing opinion. Yeah. Again, going back to yeah. a black man working at a rape crisis center. Like, I'm not saying that it's like this anomaly that, oh my God, you shouldn't, or that they supposed to, you know, are supposed to exist like you know mutually exclusively. But what right. I'm saying is, in Compton, on top of that, like yeah. the layers, up top, up top, like yeah. come on, it's crazy being there, but it's a beautiful thing. I love, love working with the people I get to see. Feminism, right. intersectionality of feminism, and struggles of women of color. And even yeah. just in general, just in general, because there's a lot. There's men I see too who've That's been sexually assaulted. So it's crazy. Really? Yeah. There's men I see who've been sexually assaulted by, by women by, or by other men. By other men. Men I've seen have been. It's been other men. And they come in asking for help. Is that? Yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, that's awesome. It's not a lot of them. Let's be right. Clear. I'm Let's sure. Be clear. It's not a I'm lot sure. of them. It's not a lot of them. And they came in like, "This is what happened to me. Yeah, I need help." What, yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. Can we just applaud them from that's yeah. so dope because yeah. of all of the shame that comes with with that as a woman or a man, but particularly as a man. You hear and see a lot of things. And I'm just man, I'm just blessed to be able to be with them. Feel me? Because right. it's it's real. It's real it's, um, it's, it's yeah. real stuff. So and I'm to, sure you yeah. get to bring that perspective to just your outside life when you're having conversations with women or even in the dating world, like yeah. you get to have a very insider look that might say, okay, I get the stuff that you deal yeah. with on a day to day. Cause I've seen some of the stuff you face. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. If I keep it, let me keep it a buck <laughs> prior to doing therapy. I think I've always been sort of like an empathetic person. So mm -hmm. I always feel strongly for other people, but I think my, how related to women in terms of what I understood, I think it was fairly, I think I was a bit more, misogynistic before for sure for well, that's sure. easy that's for easy sure. for yeah, the world that we live yeah. in it's easy to to fall for that there are a lot of women yeah. who have misogynistic points of view about yeah. a lot of things but now i want to move into today's topic now just a few moments ago when when vic victor vic <laughs> first yeah. first got here he showed me a video on facebook of women in jamaica 
over bleaching their skin. Now, this is not something I've not heard of. I'm, I'm aware of the bleaching phenomenon that's going on worldwide. But this was the first time I actually uh, saw, like the woman walked us through the process from the mixing of the bleach. She showed how they apply it and then she wrapped herself in saran wrap and she was talking about just all the things and how it burns and how you have to do it in cycles because your skin will get so thin that it'll rip and you'll have scars that'll never heal. And yeah. it just got like all of these things. And, and the crazy. women were saying, you know, we do it because lighter skin is considered beautiful and this and that and the other. And then there was a moment where the lady who was doing the interview, she asked, well, what about if you're in a relationship, if you have a boyfriend and he wants to have sex with you, what's more important, bleaching or sex? Mm -hmm. And the woman went on to say, a lot of men won't date you if you're too dark. And so they'll encourage the bleaching, yeah. they'll help you apply the bleach, and they will lay away from you and turn down sex because they want, they would rather have you bleach. I had a range of emotions as I was watching it. I was sad. So sad. I was so sad, disgusted. I was yeah. angry. It just, it frustrates me and it saddens me that we have sort of allowed, this, this self-hatred has sort of seeped into such a level that, you know, women... Um, and men, but at this point, folks on women have mm -hmm. that thought, think that they are prettier if they're lighter. If we're communicating to black women, yeah. that that you're prettier if you're if you're lighter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I shouldn't be as surprised when when now people are taking it to the extreme to make their right. skin look lighter. Right. When we've been communicating to everybody that guess what, you are prettier if you're lighter. Right. You know? That's where the mix of emotions comes in because yeah. you're sad for this woman because of her own personal experience of not like liking herself, right, yeah. right? And then you're angry because you know that that didn't come from her. Not at all. Not at all. And that's the thing that's wrong. That did not come from that's her. And she didn't make that up in her mind. It's bred from very highly Eurocentric ideals, which puts a premium on white skin, yeah. on lighter skin. Right. Um, so it frustrates me and it angers me because I just feel like the supremacy of like European white ideals have sort of infiltrated and have said, this is what it is. Now, granted, whenever I say things like, when I ever say statements like that, I think people get frustrated because like, well, are you blaming white people? Um, nah, I'm not blaming white people specifically. I think I'm, I, what I am blaming is I'm blaming a system which benefits white people. Uh, right. Which was created long And that's long created ago. and run yeah, and maintained yeah. and upheld right, right, by right. white people. So in that way, maybe you won't say it, but I ain't going to say yeah. I'm blaming white right. people. And not, and not like a particular, <laughs> I mean, come on. Not like a particular white person like, or right. any white person walking down the street. But in general, this system was created in such a way that right. you benefit and right. your silence or your going along with it or your 100%. complacency and all 100%. of that things means that you're also participating in that. And if you're unwilling to speak up and do things, it's not just like Facebook posts or whatever, right. but like actual things in your real life day-to-day -day interactions and interpersonal relationships with people of color and particularly other white people right. who may or may not know exactly what they're doing or saying mm -hmm. when they do or say things right. that perpetuate right. white supremacy. Yep. If you're not doing that every day, then I mm -hmm. do blame you. Mm -hmm. Period. Right. I see <laughs> like, what you're saying. I'm not going to front. Right. Like, we know I blame you. Shouldn't. You, you shouldn't. I tend to 100% agree that an apathetic stance in terms makes you complicit. Absolutely. To, the, to um, racism, particularly internalized racism. Um, exists in a perpetuity. I feel like you have there has to be some level in which white individual, particularly white American individual, takes responsibility for the benefits they're receiving mm -hmm. from racism. Now that doesn't mean you hate. That doesn't mean you individually right. hate black people. Individually hate. I just in my. I just say sidebar. <laughs> all about terms. I recognize that this conversation is highly convoluted mm -hmm. and can be difficult to talk about because mm -hmm. of terms. So let me just say that I'm not saying that Tom Cruise hates black people. Whoever. <laughs> Hey, I'm, I'm saying that um, such and such white lady who lives in the hood and has adopted five black kids <laughs> is still benefiting from a racist system is what I'm right. saying. And they can have as much love and concern for black people as they want. I would, I would prefer for um, white individuals and systemically for them to take responsibility for the benefits they received right. and in turn do their best to be actively anti racist and that means speaking up right. just the same way i feel about men having to, men having to speak up against against rape and against misogyny and a sort of patriarchy we live in in the same way i feel like um um those who are heterosexuals or, or identify as heterosexual yeah. need to speak up against the abuse against lgbt individuals i think that okay. whoever is benefiting from a power structure right. Right. i think you need to use that resource 
to aid those who are marginalized. Yeah. In this instance, going back to the to the skin tone, that's what I think about. I think of the macro picture that this comes from this. And then I think on a personal level, mm-hmm. like how am I complicit in this individually? How right. am I complicit? What, right. have, what, have, what, have, what have I done to perpetuate this? And I could think when I was younger, if you don't mind me saying a quick story. No. <laughs> when I think when I was younger, and I'm... Y'all can't see. I'm like super dark. <laughs> like, like I'm super black. Like some of my friends to do do the Dave Chappelle skit. Darkness, darkness is spreading. <laughs> when I was a little kid, and I was actually a little bit darker than I am now. Uh, You're not bleaching, are you? Oh. <laughs> but but the thing about it was though, when I was a kid, I would have loved the bleach cream. Right, right. If I'm gonna be completely 100, right. Like, I wanted. There are times I would look in the mirror and like. Hate how I looked like. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I hate I hate how dark I was. One time I remember after a pretty pretty intense day of being made fun of right. and right. down on myself. And I remember mm-hmm. looking mirror and like scratching my skin till it bleeds. No. It doesn't do anything, but I was just angry. Right. right? Um, so it's interesting the sort of self abuse you sort of engage in when you look at yourself and you think you're ugly. You know, right. and so, anyways, so I love bleach cream. And at that time, dark skinned women were not a, a, a something I thought was were attractive. Because, right. of, but I was so contingent how I viewed myself. You right. Know? I was right. So, I, but I wasn't aware of that at the time. Of course not. I just like dark skin girls. Because no it was handed to yeah, you. There's no way, way, no way, yeah. There's no way. I'm a, there's no way I'm a day dark skin girl. You crazy. <laughs> you crazy. crazy. To me, someone who was pretty was lighter. Someone who was pretty was lighter for sure. And that's how I was for a little bit as I got as I got older. And then had to start realizing like, wait a minute, <laughs> light bulb. What's happening? What's <laughs> happening? And then I flipped. And then I said. Man, F these light-skinned jerks. <laughs> like, these light-skinned girls. Right, right. And I was hot. But what's funny, it came from the same sort of self-hatred. I, so F them. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, you know, I'm not finna do nothing with them. You know what I'm saying? Right. Get them out of here. And it came from that sort of same place. And so I think that my processing in terms of going back to, um, going back to bleaching and the men saying they prefer them like this. I think men wouldn't say that now. But I think if we're honest, I think it's sort of like I think black women can see. They can see that, like, you say you're open to whatever type, Bruh. but what we see is you dating A, B, and C. Oh! So I see you dating the light-skinned girls. I've literally so I had this conversation. Yeah, like, I, I can't even. Yeah. I have one dude who is, there's one of my friends who is all about going in. Y'all need to stop wearing these weaves and this makeup and yeah. da, 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 and be happy about yourself and the black woman is queen and natural hair and yeah. all of these wonderful things. Yeah. I've been knowing this dude for about... 12 years, ain't seen him date a black woman yet. <laughs> not not even, it's not even that he dates lighter skinned black women. Right. He doesn't date black women at, at all. all. And so I'm always telling him, like, I get that you have a preference, but if a woman is wearing a weave or whatever else, that doesn't make her less than, worse, bad, self-hating, or any of that. Mm-hmm. Th- that There is a pocket of people who do wear weaves or do whatever for those reasons, but not every woman who wears a weave yeah. is doing it because she hates her black yeah. self. Like, right. that's not always the reason. And even mm-hmm. if that's the case, no one wants to be called out. Berated for that. Berated for be. that. Berated. Guess what? You hate yourself. Right. Sure, you're right. I agree with you. One day, he just got so buck wild with the conversation. I was just like, bro, I've been knowing you since 2004, <laughs> like, I think, or something. I've only I seen you with Caitlyn's, Becky. I've seen you date a I'm black woman. With... What are we really dealing yeah. with here? Like, yeah. what are we really dealing with? Like when that. you, yeah, and well, I don't, I mean, I can still have a preference. No, I'm not saying you can't have a preference. But what I'm saying is when you go this hard, and this end, and you take it to this stream of, and this is why black men don't deal with y'all because you can't go swimming because you can't, and you're doing all of these things, mm-hmm. and then you turn around, I'm so black self, and got all the Asian, Latino, white, everything but a black woman by your right. side, and you get to do that. You get to do that. But let's talk about it. Right. Since you want to keep raising your voice about what we need to be doing, right, right, what right. about you? Right, right. I feel it. I what feel about it. you? This coin has two sides, and so right. there was no real answer from him. So I wish I could give you the moral of the story there. <laughs> I, I can't. He didn't really have a comeback. He was yeah. just like, I can get to have a preference, and I was like, okay. So right, that's gonna be a difficult conversation. To have it's gonna always be. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it 100. It's gonna be a difficult conversation to have with a black man about. We don't want to be considered a sellout. That's like a, that's like a thing okay. to be called a sellout and to be called a. Uncle Tom or something like that or Coon or something of that nature. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's like, you see how people view 
I don't know, Clarence Thomas, you know. Or, <laughs> okay, that's like such an extreme yeah, example. Know, <laughs> but, you know, but in time, no one's be called that. And so right. we get defensive. No one's going to own up to that, which is why there's a disparity between uh, right. what we say and our actions. We say we do this, we love black women, blah, blah, blah. But then our actions say something different. So there's we, a point, yeah. though, when that changes. It has to be. There has to be a point. Of because you it, okay, So you're teetering. No one wants to be called. No black man wants to be called sell out Uncle Tom Coon, any of those things. At what point does that flip? Men of a certain social status, economic status, then begin to, in the trend, in a lot of ways, choose mm-hmm. not black women, non-black women. Right. You know, so they might be even another woman of color. She might be Asian or Latino or mm-hmm. whatever, but she's not a black woman. And we're talking about black men. So at what point does the shift happen where, you know, doing that at some level is sellout, coonery, whatever, yeah. but then at some point... the the switch flips and it becomes like now you winning when you do that. Right. Like when right, does right, that right, right, when right. does that seesaw kind of tilt to the other side where that's, it's that's no hard. longer a sellout but now yeah. it's like you won't. That's hard. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> like, Me, I'm not an upper class black male yet. <laughs> I have like school schooling. You know that's what I'm saying? saying. But like even educationally, yeah. isn't an issue of when you reach a certain social status and your social circle changes and typically who you choose your mate from is within that social circle and so then your pool to choose from is less black right and well, I think, you know what what's contributing how does that how does that shift from you a sellout to oh you well, own well I think it depends at what point <laughs> I think it depends so I think I think all of them would have different I can't right I of course all there's, all of course there's no one answer there's no, an, yeah, there's no answers Let for me, everybody listening I'm very clear that there's no right. one answer I don't want people to be like oh she out here trying to make no <laughs> I know that people genuinely love I, I get it I'm not in you know an opposer to you know, biracial or interracial relationship, any of the, I'm not, I'm not at all. Yeah, but if we're having a conversation about right. it and we're talking about this point of, yeah. you know, yeah, I think, I think, shift. I don't think it has to be that. I don't think there have to be that binary. I think I can be for interracial dating, which I am. And also think it's a good, maybe it's a good idea to question and to have a conversation about, about, why you're choosing? Maybe yeah, why, just yeah, why you're choosing? About, about like, you where's choosing? this really coming why from? Why you choosing? Yeah, I think yeah, so. I think that's I think, I think that's healthy. I think it's fair to do, particularly when yeah. you're talking about this conversation of hating ourselves and being given that hate and being told that you know we're bad, we're wrong, we're right. inferior, we're all of these things. Right? Am I choosing from a place of believing that from the perspective of? This will raise me up a little bit. It'll give me a little bit more credibility. It may give my children a little bit more credibility. If right. I have biracial children who are the lighter, prettier, right. more, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. However, you know what I mean? Like, all of these things, it's important to, I think, examine those. And especially if you're dating someone outside of the black race and they're not familiar with our history, our culture, our everything that we are and have lived through. Uh-huh. And then they're not standing firm in that position of support and walking with us on Mm -hmm. this journey. That can get tricky, too. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Agreed. When I get to get, you know, super black and you, like, in the corner because you don't know what to do. Yeah. We're going to have a problem. (laughs) We're going to have beef because you're supposed to be riding with me on this. Right. Come through with it. But in terms of going back to men who are, are like, who are doing that, how they move from... um, are they being a sellout to like, hey, I'm out here. I like <laughs> just this I is think, what it is. Well, I just think that at some point you rationalize your decisions and typically what then happens, it's easy to put the blame back on the other person. So it's easy to put the blame back on the black woman for being too I don't know. What are the stereotypes too loud, oh, too aggressive, too, too blah blah blah. Yeah, we don't know this, how to submit and we this You don't so I think in order to in order to deal with that dissonance you have to rationalize your behavior and say, this is why I don't do it. Because you right. guys don't act appropriately. Now, that, that's all... the argument that pisses me off the yeah. most, just by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. I, I, I don't I, know. No, I feel you. Okay. I, 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 think it's, I think it's extremely patronizing. Um, I'm not saying that all black men even who date others oh, right. use that. I'm right, not right, right. That, I'm not saying that they use that. <laughs> I'm saying some do. The number of disclaimers that have to go out during this conversation know, is so, so ridiculous. Bad. We're like, well, uh, just to be clear, I just want to let y'all know. I'm the you. I should have prefaced. I should have prefaced that I do a lot of disclaimers. But so. uh, on some level, I feel like am I being apologetic for what I believe? It's maybe it's not apologetic. Maybe it's just wanting, to, like you said, clarity and wanting to at least do my best to present myself authentically and true oh, to what I'm trying to say. Now, dope. if you misinterpret yeah. that, that's different. That's different. Going back to that question, your circle's changing. Right. It's different stuff. Like, and I, I wanted my homie to be here. 
he has relationships with with um, non-black women all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like he has like a master's degree in like something. He's a master. He's educated, well dressed, etc. And he has said when he's dated black women, his experience has been they treated him like he was like a square, like he wasn't. He's like I don't know, cool enough. I'm not gonna say thug, but I, I'm not gonna say thug. He didn't necessarily say thug, but cool. Yeah, yeah. I but say we sweat, do have something, a certain yeah. some like he and and they felt and they felt he wasn't, and so he didn't feel like he didn't get love. He didn't get no love from them. Right. But he felt like the other girls didn't. They feel like he felt really respected by them. They're like, wow, right? You do this, impressed by and you're this. Right. Like they were impressed by what he was doing, what he was yeah. having. Okay. And so he felt appreciated. He felt appreciated, and, and that's huge. Huge for anybody, yeah. but I think especially for men. For men, for sure. Yeah. For sure. For yeah. Sure. I, th- I think that's very fair, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think that's yeah, a that fair, in term- fair. In terms of an individual experience, like I resonate with that to yeah. some extent. Um, of what I'm, where I'm at, what I'm doing, the stuff, the stuff I'm trying to do. Um, so it feels weird at times to know that woman who I've been attracted to probably weren't had it, weren't has attracted me because I was not. I could have been, I don't know, a little more thuggish, or I could have been a little more... <laughs> and of course, women are attracted to who they attract to me, so I'm right. not saying they're obligated to be attracted to me, so I'm not saying that. Uh, but the dude you with, he weak. <laughs> I'm going to keep it I'm going to keep it Clearly, somebody out there, keep, this is a message. It. Yeah, I come, and I think I'm super dope. I'm going to keep... Listen, <laughs> I, mean, I think I'm great. I'm going to keep... And you know, should, I you think might, you're great. I think I so, too. Should. You might not know, Joy, since you just met me. People going to tell you, I'm a little cocky. I, <laughs> I think... I think I think I'm it. I think I'm a shit. I ain't gonna lie I to mean, you. Hey, I mean, hey, you I know am. who is. Who oh else? yeah, I agree. And so if I feel like that, and you, you with little Kiki, <laughs> oh, or, or Big Bobo, or that street, who's not, cool? No. I just feel like okay. Well then, you're not for me. So then that's, that's where you are, though. Yeah. That's where you are. Like we get to, we get to have faith in each other's journeys and processes, yeah. and we get to honor that and have respect for that. And that's what you want, and go on, go on with it. Yeah, I ain't that. I remember having a conversation with my mom one time and she said to me, it wasn't even really a conversation. She just kind of randomly blurted out and she said, you know, don't feel like I'll be disappointed if you don't bring home a black man. And I just thought, hmm, okay. And in my youth, I just kind of took that as her giving me like the okay, Mm -hmm. just in case. She didn't want me to have that like fear of, oh no, guess who's coming to dinner type Mm -hmm. of thing. So... I kind of took it as that and left it alone. But as I got older and I began today and I really started, what what ultimately happened, similar to you, is I started to realize I don't fit into the box. Right. Any of them. Right. Any of the boxes that people have tried to put me in along the way. I do not fit in it comfortably or at all. When people see you, Mm -hmm. they think whatever they think of you. Based on what they think of you, they're going to then treat you a certain way. Mm -hmm. So when you don't respond according to the script that they wrote in their mind about who you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to do, they don't, it's like, when I got older, what I realized what she was saying to me is you may not find a black man. Mm You gotta be cool with that, and that's I, a cold piece. Yeah, that's a cold Cause piece. I want me, Cause I want me a brother. So it's like that's I'm like, well, hold on. That's and I remember, piece. like, I remember having this guy I used to date. I would say stuff to him like about being from the hood, and he would be like, "You ain't from the hood. You don't right. know." No. And I would be like, "I don't understand why you think I'm not from the hood." <laughs> in this voice, right? I'm saying it I in this voice. I don't understand. I don't understand why you, you would question of- me. <laughs> My like, I'm not from the neighborhood. You know what I mean? And um, he would be like, Is, could it be because of the way you're right, saying right, 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 you're right, from right, the hood? Right. Like, yeah. And we kind of would have this battle, and it would kind of bother me on some level that he was questioning my blackness. Quote, unquote. Quote, unquote, right? right? But then also what made me realize was I, too, was putting a particular definition on blackness. Right. And that because I didn't fit into whatever this mode was and he was questioning it, then it made me feel like I needed to step up my whatever that was. And I remember being in college playing water polo and one of my teammates said to me, you're nothing like I thought you were going to be. Out of her mouth said, I thought you were going to be loud Ooh. with a big butt oh. and a ghetto name. Well. <laughs> well. And I was like, dang. And so you start to really grow oh. up and become aware of how you are boxed in. I outwardly and and also expressively show a lot of stereotypes that I think people attribute to black men. Like, I'm loud, I'm aggressive, I'm pretty dominant, right. you know, et cetera. You know, I talk a certain way. But when we start having a conversation and we start, you know, and they re- and recognize that it. my level of intelligence is a, yeah, a bit <laughs> higher than what they thought. Right. How they thought, then all of a sudden they're like, 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. It becomes a whole new thing. Yeah, oh my gosh, you're so smart. But then, but I never then they thought don't know about what to that. do with you. Of course they know what to do with me. I be wanting to punch them in their face though. I was like, bro, one more time, tell me I'm smart one more time. We're gonna have to go outside, bro. I promise you. But like I don't get to be smart. Like you tell me I'm yeah. smart, like, like I don't get to well, be like, like, like someone can't be hood and intelligent at the same time. Like I'm supposed to be like Carlton, which is going back to that conversation about <laughs> right. black, it's like I'm supposed right. to exhibit a level of I should be less stereotypically black and then intelligence will be ascribed to me. Right. But intelligence is not ascribed to me if I engage in behaviors which to you indicate a level of stereotypical blackness. That's problematic right. for me. I, I, I have a part time with that. That effect it's it's, it's that it has to be looked at again as like this bipolar kind of mutual yeah, like of existence. Like yeah. I can't be both, but I absolutely can be right. both. No part of me do I feel is more important than or superior or inferior or none of that is a thing for me. Like all yeah. of that is who who I am and yeah. who contributed like contributed yeah. to who I became, not because yeah. I've defined myself by my circumstances, but because I understand what I learned having lived through those circumstances is what makes me who I am today. Yeah. So Do you yeah, do you think that it's going back to that conversation you have with your mom, is it harder for you to date because totally, of those things? For sure. How why? For one, because I have this kind of juxtaposed existence Similar to you that mm -hmm. straddles the line of like wanting to be able to have well-informed conversations about things that are happening yeah. culturally, yeah. politically, socially, right. all these different things that are impacting us, affecting us, or just happening mm -hmm. that are cool or whatever, yeah. interesting that I want to have a conversation about. But then I also want to be able to have that conversation at the cookout with they playing dominoes, somebody right. plays phase, we right. got the margaritas popping or whatever. Right. Like I want to be able to have that conversation right. in this setting. Right. And that's not always happening. Right. So the two some moms are Yeah, it's right. like uh, so, is that, so is, that, is, that, is that prevent is that harder for you then to date black men? Or can can you not have conversations in a romantic relationship with a black man? Black male? Mm, yeah, I won't say that I can't, but the the tone is different. It almost comes from like an informative tone. Like I have to tell you. Right. Did you hear about? Oh no, you didn't hear. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, let right. me tell you. Let me get caught you up. Right. And then the conversation is kind of that's where it is. Mm. There's no like we don't have to. We don't always get to dialogue because you're not always up and aware and mm -hmm. whatever. And so and it's cool, but it gets tiring because I believe part of the purpose of relationships is to reveal. A little bit more about yourself to yourself right. through the eyes of this other person. Right. And if I'm always in the kind of role of quote unquote teacher, I'm missing out on that piece as it relates to you and I. Maybe right. I'm getting it from somewhere else. Right. But mm, got it. Um, I do remember being told by an older black woman not to talk about any of my accomplishments because I was traveling a lot. I, at that point, I had just graduated from college. You know, you go to college on a water polo scholarship and all these, all these different things about who I was. And so first date conversations at that time, you're like, oh, you're getting to know each other. Yeah. These things that I would say about who I am, she said to me, right. don't say those things. Yeah. It, but is that true? I have a, I have, uh, that's so weird for me because I don't want <laughs> it's to. It's not true for you. It's not true for me for sure. But I, <laughs> for sure it's not true for me. But I'm trying to figure out, like in general, are black men actually intimidated by a black woman's achievements. That's my question. One, is that true? Okay. Or is it that black men think that a woman who has achievements will expect this from me? Which to me is which to me is different. It's different okay. if we're saying, I'm uncomfortable with what you possibly might place upon me. Like you expect me to go do this. Maybe I don't want to do that. Maybe I'm not ready for that. Maybe it scares me. Who knows? Who knows why? Who knows right. why? And maybe and, and a woman who doesn't have those achievements, maybe they might they might not expect that much of me, but a woman who has these achievements is gonna maybe expect me. Well, I got a PhD. Guess what you got to go get? Right. You know what I'm saying? Guess what and you need said, to go study for? Yeah, yeah. Guess what? Guess what? Guess what you got to do? And not that. And that might just be an assumption. I'm not I'm not saying that's true. Yeah, yeah. But I'm wondering: Are black men actually intimidated by a woman with achievement, or are they just more uncomfortable with what you might ask them to do? Possibly. Or so that's my question. Okay, that's a great question, and I can't answer it clearly. Yeah. But I think it's a great question, and I want to also throw in a, a, a C option. Which is, at some point, even if they do decide, the black man does decide to, okay, she has this list of achievements, she's done all these things, she's wonderful, she's great, I still like her, I'm not really sure. Does it get to a point where we move forward in this relationship and ultimately what it boils down to is we just don't relate. Mm -hmm. Conversationally, emotionally, socially, like there are a lot of ways we just don't relate because the, the collective set of experiences that we've gathered up until these, this point, our individual lives before we met mm -hmm. doesn't 
inform either of us to be able to relate beyond I like you, you like me. Right. Like, okay, but beyond that, like after when we got to go out into the world and be us together. Right. We don't really got nothing. <laughs> like so right. it, there it, there's there's a there's not a very solid foundation. Mhm to build on. So again, if we're talking about relationships and I talked about first the point of it to be, you know, you learn something about yourself through the the reflection of this, of yourself through this other person. The other part of that, that I feel is that ultimately when you do decide to link with somebody and particularly if you decide to marry this person, you have a collective purpose now that, and that your union has a very distinct and defined reason out there in the rest of the world. And so if you're not clear about that and you're not on the same page about that, it's not going to last very long or go mm-hmm. very far. Right. So uh, even if the black man sees the black woman with all her accomplishments and may maybe feels a little bit of intimidation but decides to move beyond that because mm-hmm. he likes her for whatever reason, does it get to a point where it falls through simply because we can't relate beyond a certain point? I feel that and that's fair because I feel like I've had conversations with some black women and their statement and their assertion was, I'm bringing this to the table. I need you to also bring this to the table, right? So, 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 I'm not saying that's every black woman, but I've, I've seen, yeah. and maybe they're not saying you need to bring this, this, what I'm doing specifically, yeah. but they, but these particular women I'm thinking about in my head, they have achievements and okay. they're ambitious and they want you to, to, they want, I'm doing this, I need to see something. Right. Which I, I feel like is a fair that's statement. Very fair. It's a fair assertion, but I'm also, but in that, I'm that, gonna get black men like, <laughs> I'm good. I ain't got it. I ain't got it. Like, I'm good. I ain't to do for you. I feel me? Like, I'm not, I'm not rocking. You know what I'm right. saying? And then that can then be interpreted as we're intimidated. And I wonder oh, if it's... okay. And I yes, wonder if okay, that's real intimidation. I mean, it can be. At this point, maybe it's... Or is that just maybe clarity? Blurry. Maybe it's blurry. Maybe that's just clarity on the part of the man that says, okay, I see what you expect. I respect you enough to say, you get to expect that. I ain't got it. So we don't work. Yeah, I'm definitely articulating a way which I'm not sure that happened. I think <laughs> we're having a, <laughs> we're conversing about it's different. I think that crossing, but like, man, motherfucker, I ain't doing shit. You right, 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 right. You think you better than me, blah, blah, blah. I think that's how it, so, it sort of devolves it, into. I think we're having a conversation like about maybe like the roots, roots of it. I think <laughs> right. it's sort. Of, I doubt, I doubt like a man is having like. Well, she does this and blah blah blah. <laughs> right. I don't think that it's much be, more visceral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, being black in general, male or females, is traumatic. Even when you are um, to do well, the damn free yeah, world. yeah, that's traumatic enough. And then when you're a black man, you have gangs, you have police, yeah. you have other world views you right, dangerous, yeah. animalistic, violent, physical, yeah. overly aggressive, um, yeah. promiscuous, prom- prom- yeah, promiscuous, sexual. We've been held into very specific narratives, and then we believe the narratives. And then, and once you believe the narrative about yourself, it's, it's over. over. It's, it's over. over. All this added on top of now, now I'm approaching a woman. I'm supposed to have some sort of great sense of self, and I'm supposed to sort of have this <laughs> idea of who I'm supposed to be, and then what job I'm going to do, and then take care of you, and I'm supposed to take care of the family and the kids, right. and da 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 da. I'm supposed to be a man, and you're expecting me to be a man, and here you are with the this, then, the third. I'm like, uh, I'm good. Yeah. And so I just think sometimes <laughs> me, black men just opt out. Like I'm, I'm, I'm straight. I'm good. Like I'm good. Like it's a lot. Yeah. It could be cowardice. Yeah. I, that I mean, cowardice or not. It's just a scary thought. I know it's a scary thought for me yeah. to think, and I'm and I got a degree, yeah. and I got a ma- I got a master's. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's a scary thought for me to think about what does it mean to um to like have to protect and take care of someone and have yeah. to be a man and what does being a man mean? What does <laughs> right. being a black male man mean? Right. What does it mean in relation to you and yeah. trying to even lead you if you even subscribe to a, a, a model which says I'm the leader in the relationship right. and That's you're so, a quote unquote submit to me or maybe even subscribe to an egalitarian sort of model of relationships which fine. Which in my mind see, listen you want to take this to another I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no but what I, even I get into this conversation all the time because I, in my mind, subscribe to, you know, God, husband, wife, children, right? right, right? right. And this is the order of of kind of hierarchy, if you want to say it that way. I don't view submission 
and submissiveness as a weakness mm. as a woman, particularly as a black woman, particularly as a black educated woman, mm. especially as a black educated woman who owns a business. Right. So there are all these reasons why in someone's mind, a black man's mind who's mm. approaching me as we may be on a date and I'm saying all these things about right. who I am, they may be going trigger, 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 trigger. She already black and loud and she's going to be all these things, right? right? They already have that thing. And then, oh, and she got to educate, so she thinks she bougie, whatever. And she owned a business and whatever. So there's all these things that in their mind maybe might have them believe, oh, she ain't about that. But I am, I can't wait to not have to be the boss and make all the decisions and run it and do it. I want to come home and be able to be like, you got it. I think that's that, funny though. I think that's scary. So you got it. Right. Oh, I was just saying. <laughs> That scares me. Maybe I should make. Let me not make no sense for other black men. Maybe, maybe they're a lot more. Maybe a lot more. Okay, the you got it for me is 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 death. I'm like, oh my, I got it. I don't got it. I don't got it. But I'm just talking about no, no. I didn't talk about that. And when I say you got it, it's not because. I um, don't want to be responsible or I don't want to have any word about what happens or I want to, you know, lay it all on the man's shoulders. It's not for any of those reasons. It's because I understand, I recognize that we are two different people from two different backgrounds. We have two different sets of experiences that are going to impact us in ways that we're going to think and make decisions very differently. And so if we're trying to build a life together, we're not going to always agree on everything. So if we can agree that, in the structure of this relationship, we're going to funnel the decision right. making through one person so right. that we're not two people always trying to make it make sense because right. it's not going to always make sense right. between two people. Right, 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 if right. we can say, hey, we're going to talk about stuff. We're going right. to consider each other. We're going to do all these things. But at the end of the day, you got the final say because if we can funnel it through one decision making entity, if you will, then that'll make it a lot easier. And so mm-hmm. I've said a million times to my friends, I've said, I want to be in a relationship, particularly in a marriage, I should say, in a relationship. Marriage, though, that says, if my husband comes home and says, babe, we got to move to Ohio tonight. I want to be so clear and secure and I want to trust him enough to know that I can start packing. Yeah. And we can talk about it in the car right. on the way to the airport. Right. But I don't want to have to be, well, why we got to go? Because if I got to do all that, that means I don't trust you to make the, the right decision for our family. And if I don't trust you to make the right decision for our family, then I shouldn't be married to you. Right. In my mind. In the right. way that I would see. Right how my family structure would ideally right. be set up, right? right? And so this is not to say that like, so this is if you come in, look, right. your eyes big. No, <laughs> this no, no. This is if you I'm come with. in having already made the decision. Right. Now, if of you course. come in and of say, course. babe, I got this thing going on and what do you think about us moving to Ohio? Now that's a different thing because I'm not going to be like, well, oh, you figure it out right. and just leave you hanging. Right. No, of I course, would, of course. I would of offer course. my whatever, you know, yeah. what's, what's going on. I, so, but if you come in and say, we move into Ohio, right. I want to trust you enough to pack my shit and yeah, be out. I feel it. I feel like, it. Like that's what I want to do. And that's it. so that for me in my mind a submissive situation would look like that. Right. I always say like that whole independent women and all that kind of like flipped us on our heads in right. a lot of way in a, in a combination with a number of other things that right. we can go into. All these other pieces that have distorted the structure of the family right. for black people especially. I get that. But I really feel like we have not been able to separate our do what I gotta do selves from, you know, I can doesn't mean I have to or I should Mm -hmm. selves. Does that make sense? Like sometimes some of us are in a position where we gotta do what we gotta do. So I gotta work all the jobs and come home and cook and make all the decisions and be the mama and I get that. But when you're not in that position and you have a willing partner who can and wants to help and do you got to be able to relinquish some of that and sometimes that's hard i had to check my own self growing up in a single parent home watching my mom do it she never said i got it i got to do it myself i don't need no man she never had that conversation right but watching her do it meant growing up and then doing it myself mm-hmm. so i had to consciously make a decision to when i began dating and seriously dating and knowing that I, you know, I want to be married, all these things and knowing what kind of dynamic I wanted, I had to make conscious decisions to say, let him do it. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, expect him to do it. And that was like chipping away at who I ultimately, like who I became as a woman. I had to like unlearn that. Right, 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 right. Because it was just my example. Right. And that's a lot of people's stories. And, And we don't always acknowledge that 
when you do it all, you're not making room for anyone. It may not be an intimidation factor. It may be a, where, where do I fit in? Right. She don't need me. She don't need me. She don't need me. She got that. And so if that's the case, and I'm like, well, I pay my own bills, and I'm traveling, I got an education, I got a house, I got my car, and I'm doing this, running down the list of all the things that I do for me, and I'm balling, and I'm this. Oh, well, you got it. Go on well, and get it. Why do you think? Why do you think? <laughs> why, why do you think black women may do that? And and have if you've done that, why do you think? If I don't know if you've ever engaged right. with that before. No, that's not really my thing. But yeah. oh, I don't know. I I think on some level we may feel like we have something to prove mm-hmm. because there is kind of this expectation or this narrative that like we own welfare and we broke and we waiting for somebody and we go diggers to come take care of us or whatever. So we want to come out the gate like, no, nah, we ain't that. I ain't that. To assert ourselves as like. Trust you here because I want you here. And I don't know where that comes from or why, but I think maybe on some level there is some of that um, just kind of protective layer of I don't need you. Mm -hmm. And that is on some level a badge of honor, I guess, for some women. Because the flip side of it, and I have been this woman, where you, I have felt once upon a time uncomfortable saying I do need a man. Because... Yeah, I actually kind of felt weird just right then when I said it. Mm. But um, mm. because it it almost feels like admitting that you... You lack something. Are lacking something. Right. But I guess, don't don't we all lack something? If Is needing something bad? Is lacking something a bad thing? No. For argument's sake, let's assume that saying you need a man indicates that you are lacking something. Right, okay. Is that is that bad? No, let me, let me, and I think you're right. And I do want to, I want to kind of backtrack if I can rewind, yeah. rewind. Okay, so if I say I need a man and in saying that it, it, it is admitting that I'm lacking something. Mm-hmm. And so therefore I am looking for that thing in my partner to supplement that area mm-hmm. of my life. Thus we can come together, be, you know, stronger yeah. force, right? Yeah. Towards whatever our goals are. So in that way, yes. But I think what I meant when I'm saying I'm not lacking anything, meaning I'm feeling as though, Without the man, I am less than, or I am not enough, gotcha. or I am. You know what I mean? Got From it. that perspective of like, the, I do, I it. need a man because I, for a number of reasons, right? But in saying that, I am not saying if and because I don't have one, Just, yeah, something's like wrong with me. Like I'm yeah, like something's flawed. wrong with me, or right. I won't ever be enough. That's not what I'm saying. Right. And on some right. level, somehow they became synonymous. Saying right. that meant. The other thing, like that you were implying, I need a man, thus if I don't have one, mm-hmm. my life is whack. Right. Which is not what I'm saying. Right. I can't necessarily say it's specific to black women, but mm-hmm. I know it's certainly a thing for right. black women. Right. Like, no, no, no. I, it's I, definitely a thing. I, 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 I definitely think, ugh, I hate invoking old, like, old slavery <laughs> norms. No, I hate evoking it, but right. sometimes I feel like, I feel like, like well, you know, when... In the slavery days, but it's a thing. Let me though. say, in the slavery days, <laughs> the role of the male was take was was taken out because mm-hmm. the strongest men were taken away from their families, right, mm-hmm. and sold. Mm-hmm. A he had to sit there and as you could rape your wife, right. have sex your wife, beat your kids, and you can do nothing about it. You have to sit there and watch, and it, watch it, right. Yeah. And then after that, your, your primary reason for for, for even being a family was null and void because they're going to kill you. So you had to, or sell you, or sell you, right. more so than the woman and the children. So you got to find a way to leave. Mm-hmm. Then the woman has to assume a lot more responsibility. Right. It was not the norm for African countries um, for the woman to assume that sort of responsibility. Where now the man has to figure out, I got to survive. I got to get out of here. Right. You know. And so I think that there, I think there, there is that back, that background of of that relating to today. And I think that sort of colors. Sure. I, think I think there is still that. A context of this will be the third time in the three episodes that that has come up that yeah. whole matriarch of the family yeah. kind of role that's a thing i was watching the new unfortunately i had strep throat a couple weeks ago and so i watched the entire new roots series and like back-to-back episodes and there was a scene where kizzy who was kunta kente's daughter mm-hmm. she had grown up she had a child right. of her own he was a grown adult all these things were happening and ultimately there was a man who came into her life who would be a potential suitor. He was a free man. He offered to buy her freedom and take her up north and they were mm-hmm. going to live happily ever after. And her initial re- reaction to him was I already have a master. Like what am I going to do with you? Like w- w- I don't need another man telling me what to do. And so That's immediately crazy. her kind of response to him was less about the companionship and all of the things that he intended to be to her. 
And she just viewed him as another man who wanted to have ownership of her. And so kind of getting back to the question you asked earlier, it might be when we assert ourselves as I don't need you, I got my own. Mm -hmm. It could be an extension of that. Like you don't get to come in here thinking that you're going to own me in any kind of way. I run this. I'm inviting you in because I want you here for my purposes, not because I'm here for your purposes. Yeah. 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 So it could definitely be a little bit of that. And even as I'm talking about this, I'm just aware of, Fuck man, they <laughs> we really got messed up. Yeah, like we yeah. really got messed up because to me this is all just a result of trauma. Just Emotionally, the result. Yeah, there's yeah, so like... many scars from from fighting with each other, fighting you, fighting my brother, fighting my sister, fighting a black woman, you fighting us back mm-hmm. and forth, and there's so much conflict. And do I love you? I don't love you. I don't think you're pretty. I think you're ugly. Mm-hmm. You think I'm ugly. I don't trust you. You're not gonna take care of us. You be a bum on the street. Right. I don't want to talk to you. This and so many things which have caused us to like stray from each other. I think those things come to play, and I, I think we don't have we don't have spaces in which we can converse and talk about. Man, you know what they did to us? You know right. what they're still doing to us? And of course you don't like me. But that's of course you thing. hate me. But of course you hate yourself. We don't. You know what I'm saying? We d- the thing about it is, even even in your knowing the impact that it had and is still having on us, you have some, you today right. had some apprehension about bringing it up. You don't mm-hmm. want to go back to the slave narrative. And the right. apprehension comes from the pushback. People say, get over it. Stop talking about it. That yeah. was so long ago. Right. And with even black people who, we all going to keep talking about that. We've not healed from wounds. And we, it's going to be harder for us to heal about it because we have a hard time even talking and about it. And that's what I'm saying. Hard and so time talking, hard time we talking. gotta do it. Yeah, we there, have to do yeah, it. There's something that I've learned out at my school. One thing that they have in that, which they talk about very specifically is internalized homophobia. Deep conversation about it. At least to me, it's something that's yeah. on the table in that community, it appears. Like you hate yourself because you're Gay, All these possibly. things that people like tell you, you possibly that you're hate not, yourself. Yeah. Like, you, like shame and talk to shame is in place only because the world at large considers you um, abnormal or right. other, right. tends to other you. And what does that mean for how you view yourself? And what does that mean right. for how you view other people who are in your community? I want that same conversation. We don't have that in the black community, and we, we don't, don't have that. And I think that's detrimental. Like, it's very rare that you're going to get a collective group of people who are going to sit down and openly. Have this conversation from the place of this is real, this happened, it's still happening, those old scars have not healed, we're still making decisions from that broken place. 100%. We always do Mm -hmm. these things. We play the race card too much. We play the victim card. We blah, blah, blah. So do I believe that about myself? You know what I'm saying? And if so, I've engaged in some, I would say, very pernicious internalized racism yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. that right. we all do i think right. and i really think on some level we, we we think that white people are better than us on some unconscious yeah. deep deep-seated level yeah it's deep, hard deep, it's, deep, it's deep, incredibly deep hard not to yes i, th- I think it's, it's impossible incredibly hard it's impossible to, to escape yeah. it's impossible to escape that's so deeply ingrained yeah. in us for generations hundreds yeah. of years you in seen, all kinds of yeah. ways yeah you seen little kim she like, fell for it. Like, why, how did this happen? I was like, how did this happen? I was like, man. I, and then she, did you even read her old interviews? Yeah. That said, like, man, I liked. Didn't want to date me. They, they were, were they not dated Europe, more European looking women. And I'm like, and it, it hurts me because I'm like, what are ways in which I've contributed to this? Mm-hmm. How we internalize the hatred, how we internalize what we see. Um, like how how we done that there there was a TED talk that I watched and he talked about um, emotional scars Mm -hmm. and psychological scars um, in the context of like physical scars and he said you know if you fell down and you scraped your knee you would immediately give that scrape some attention you'd clean it up you'd put a band-aid on it and you'd check it maybe put some ointment you check the healing as it goes along he said so many of us have emotional and psychological scars that because they we cannot physically see them right um, they're easier to ignore, right. but similar to a physical scar, if it goes untreated, it will get infected and become worse right. than the original incident. Right. And so I believe a largely that that is what has happened to us psychologically and emotionally as a result of not being able or allowed or even having the desire to go back and revisit for the purpose of saying, how do those ideologies 
still persist today? How right. have they permeated into my personal existence? Right. The decisions that I make, the moves that I make, the relationships I engage in, Indeed. how I relate to other people, how I Indeed. see other people. Indeed. How do those ideologies that were planted then still show up here today? Right. And if we're not doing that, there was another line in the Roots thing, the, the Roots series that I watched and where he said, Kunta Kinte said to Noah who was a young boy on the on the um, plantation, he said to him, they treat us like animals, and then when we strike like one, they shoot us down like one. Right. And I immediately thought of the Trayvon Martin right. situation where, right. you know, now we're in court with this man, George Zimmerman, if you can call him a man, who literally pursued this boy... And then, as a result of pursuing him after being told not to, Trayvon, you know, allegedly, according to his version of the story, clapped back and was like, right. all right, dude, you going to follow me? It's going down. Right. And they fought, and George got that ass beat. Right. And his response to that was to then shoot Trayvon Martin, right. and who ultimately, you know, died from his wounds. And so... And the whole this whole thing was about it was self defense it was self defense it was self defense. What a convenient place to start the narrative at the part where he was fighting back. Mm-hmm. It ain't like he just jumped out the bushes out of nowhere and started right. attacking him. Right. He was being pursued first. Mm-hmm. So when I heard that line again, immediately it resonated with me currently today. Mm-hmm. So this is something that's taking place 1700, 1800s, and we're looking at the 2010s, mm-hmm. right? And I can take that exact line, and it applies. What's something that we're now living through? We're seeing right. on the news every day. I do agree that there are things that we can say and do to make white people more comfortable, right? right. And when we do those things, to make white people more comfortable, and they're like, they they accept us more. Right. Like, oh, I'm gonna hang out with him. He's cool. He's not like and the other black guy. And it's this pseudo then, 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 kind then, of then pacifying. Yes, yeah, yeah. like yeah. this pacifying. And we fall to that of, easy. I see it all the time. Oh we yeah, fall, totally. Fall, it's easy because you know what? It's like you said. It's it's yeah. it's a traumatic experience just being in black skin here, yeah. and. Beyond the trauma of it, it is exhausting. Yes. It's exhausting to constantly be, whether you recognize it or acknowledge it or even know it or not, to be constantly looking over your shoulder and worried. And, right. Okay, the police pull up. You know you damn well you ain't done nothing. Right. But they next to you, so you questioning. Let me make sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or you see, you know, oh, here they come. I don't want to be bothered. You know, with... The brothers in the pack, yeah. the, the gang and the hoodies yeah. and the whatever. Yeah. All of these, like, it's exhausting. And right. so if you see an out where a white person goes, hey, throw you this, you know, buoy. Come on right. in. You're like, you know what? Sure. <laughs> and I'm you're going to kick your feet and you're going to let them pull you in. And yeah. you, in your mind, you're going to live happily ever after until they remind your ass, oh, but you still black. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. Don't get twisted. Don't you, get twisted. I really brought you in so you can come bring me a beer. And listen, it's something <laughs> we're all, we all have to be aware of because been around white people. Um, I talk about this, they're going to get uncomfortable. They're going to detract from me because of the conversation. And see, that's what I was saying earlier they about like dating it. outside yeah. my race. Because if I can't have it, if, if it comes rap, up and I can't have this conversation without you ducking into the bushes like the Homer Simpson meme, yeah. <laughs> then we can't do it. Yeah. Because I don't Off trust top. you. Off top. Yeah. You don't have my bag. 100%. 100%. You don't have my bag. And then, But then you find yourself acquiescing to the to the um to the context or even or, or capitulating to their needs, which is make them comfortable. Right. And making them comfortable means don't talk about less. But the problem with doing that is that you're slowly killing yourself. And I'm not here to fluff your pillow. Yeah, yeah. You're slowly killing yourself. <laughs> so it's weird. So now you're in this thing, you lose you feel like, hey, either I can choose to kill myself, <laughs> right. either I choose to die, to so right. to speak. I'm a bit, right. a bit morbid, but it is yeah. it is like that. It is. Um either I could choose to die or I can um Say what I want to say, and then I won't have relationships with these white people. And so what happens is that you make a choice. And typically, I've chosen, well, I guess we're not going to be friends. Yeah, I'm going I'm, 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 I'm to talk. I'm, like, I'm unwilling to shut up to make you uncomfortable. You have the whole world at your, at your, at your, at your beck and I got my people who I right. love. And, they're, and, they're more, and their lives are more important than your uncomfortability. So you can either mess with me or not. If not, bye. I'm down to be cool. cool. Yeah, I'm down to be friends, but let's be clear. If you're going to be friends, this is what we're going to talk about. And that's unfortunate. Yeah, and that goes to interracial relationships. Well, I guess it would be difficult for me to have an interracial relationship. Based on what you just said, yeah. we're going to have this convo, and you're going to have to be with it. You're not yeah. with it, the door. You know yeah, what I'm saying? It's quickly. It's not going to work. It's quickly. not going to work. You, you, you got to go. It's not going to work. You got to go. I don't want to hear nothing about you making excuses. I don't want to hear nothing about... Bye. So, there's all of these kind of like 
varying factors with regard to whether or not I would feel comfortable, particularly as a black person dating a white person. Right. If, say, say for chance you found <laughs> a white male mm-hmm. who was fight and was like an ally in, in the trenches, way, yeah. And he wanted to date you. What's your feelings about that? <laughs> I'm like uh, I can't even that like, long with that long pause though because <laughs> because I That's I don't funny. know okay so now we now this gets back to the conversation about preference okay and I'm gonna keep it real yeah I just like black men the end the end like Got so. It. Am I completely closed off to white man comes approaches and you know with in this scenario where he's down for the cause and understands and wants to fight and whatever? Because the whole nature of the relationship won't be that. Let's be clear, and I'm not trying to be out here like you know fight the power all every single day and that's all we do. Because we gonna just gonna have some lunch on some regular days too. Mm-hmm. That's cool, but if and when that time comes, I do need to know that you're you're with me on that. And if by chance I did meet a white man who did those things, I can't say that I would be all the way opposed to dating him in my mind i wouldn't be approaching him from the perspective of like potential mate Mm -hmm. because that's just not my preference got it got it yeah you know what i mean so that would be interesting he Mm -hmm. would have to come all the way like you'd have to show you what's up i'm talking about you i wasn't ready you came out of nowhere (laughs) (laughs) because because you would have to catch me off guard right because i wasn't really checking for you i want some black ass babies right so there it's out So black ass babies. babies. So I feel it. I you know. I think a conversation I've had with Ashley Liana about men and women, black black men having more options than black women when it comes mm. to being outside their race. Mm. Why? Which is why they go. Which which is why the double standard of when black women date outside the race, no one has a has a big ruckus. But when black men date outside the race, it's a problem. And our conversation has been, well, that's because black men tend to have more options than black women. In terms of black men can possibly date other, right. seem like there's more options possibly. Okay. But some black women feel like black women can only date black men. See, that's, that, that's a, that, that ain't nobody's fault but our own. I guess my question would be, do other non-black men find black women attractive? Absolutely. Do they do okay? Okay, that's dope. That's okay. That's, that's dope. I feel like I've heard other black women say, in general, yeah. black men find black women attractive, and right. that other non and that non black men don't necessarily find black women attractive to the point of dating, past physical sexual mm. experience, like dating and of of course we are okay. speaking in major generalities. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not speaking in truth. I'm not speaking absolute in truth. truth yeah. I'm speaking absolute truth. I'm just speaking in terms of like conversation. Slightly barbershop, barbershop <laughs> conversation. Well, but, uh, you know what? So. I think that, that that also stems from social circle. I can honestly say that socially, I don't typically find myself where it ain't a whole lot of brothers. And it's oh, like okay. me, at me as a black woman and I'm in a nightclub mm-hmm. or somewhere where it's just a gang of other mm-hmm. dudes. Right. So to for me to be able to say like, oh, they don't typically find me attractive in that way would be kind of unfair because mm-hmm. I haven't really positioned myself to know if that's true or not. Right, got it. Whereas any given night, we can go any given place and it's going to be other, quote unquote, mm-hmm. women there. Right. Right? So you you have more opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that it's we don't have the option. Mm-hmm. I think we don't always align ourselves with the opportunity. Okay. If that makes sense. Okay. Um, and then, again, there's also this kind of feeling of loyalty that mm. we have. That we almost mm. feel, on some level, obligated to keep the black family together. Again, mm. going back to this matriarchal right. kind of mindset of, like, right. we got to hold it down, keep it together type of thing. And so, we may feel a level of guilt for stepping outside of our race and looking for a potential mate. Right. Um, for whatever reasons. Yeah. yeah, and that there's a communal responsibility. Yeah, there's each, that exactly that maybe black men don't always carry as strongly. That's an interesting that's an interesting idea. That maybe yeah. I think it's been the black I think I think like you said it has been the black woman 
in a lot of ways taking care of the family. Yeah, so we kind of feel like... like, That makes makes sense. It's it's an interesting idea, theory to think about. Um, Do black men feel that same weight of the black family? Um, Because I'm watching... I feel like I do. Yeah. But I also sense I'm being held to something like, who's... Maybe I want to date such and such. Maybe I want to date a white woman. Right. Maybe I want to date Hispanic girl. Maybe I want to date an Asian. And I feel like this sense of like, man, but I can't. If you do that, if I do you that, have betrayed the family. <laughs> yes. Right? And I feel like, like if I do that, yeah. this is what's going to happen to me. I'm like, I don't want that to happen to me. <laughs> right. But golly, maybe I want to date someone. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> golly. So I think about like, golly, like, can I do, can I, um, can I do that? Am I allowed to? And right. of course, and, and of course. <laughs> the answer is yes. You of course, are allowed of course, to. Of course I can. Of course I can do right, that. Of yeah. course I can do what I want to do. But that's a very individual idea. The right. idea that I'm saying, oh, I can do what I want to do, that means I've now put myself in thinking from a purely individualistic notion that says I yeah. can do what I want to do. I'm removing myself from the community All when I do right. that. If I'm thinking in terms of a, of a community, that means that my choices in some are part impacted. Are, 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 are impacted by, by what my community thinks. And if I remove myself and say, well, my choices are not impacted by what the community thinks, I am now solely engaged in a paradigm of individualism, which historically African countries, even so now, we are very communal. We are very communal bunch. Very very village. Exactly. 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 So in large part, and other cultures like that too, so in large part, who you pick for your mate has it, it has Huge. is influenced by what your community thinks, and vice versa. It it also influences your community. So yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, like it goes. It's both you know, ways. It's 100%. Like the whole, it, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So I think about things like that. Like and that. not everyone does. Yeah, not I know. I think Most like, people are just like I want what I want. Yeah, she fine. I think about she like cool. what does we it mean? own. Yeah, <laughs> That's I think about it. I think about what does it mean to model for black kids. Right. Black children, like black couples. They've never seen a black couple. What does that mean? What does it mean for me to work in my community? Would that work with someone who's non-black? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. for me, my community, like, would, it, would that be better suited if I was a black woman? Right. And I, I 100% feel like, if you're just talking about me personally, I have no problems in terms of my attraction. I'm attracted to all types of women. Right. Um, I want it. But if I want to do this in my community, that just might be better shared with a black woman. <laughs> That's what I think. Gosh, so, so, why does it have to be so complex? Yeah, I know, but I'm. That, uh, but, that, but, but that's just me. That's no, just me. I can't. No, for other like, black men, are not not, not thinking about this thing. Like, like you said, maybe she's not bad. consciously. Like, I think that yeah. this conversation is maybe not consciously happening for yeah. every other black man, but on yeah. some level, it's happening. Like, they're making their decisions that, and they're being influenced by all these other things too. Yeah. It's still there. There's right. still some residue of of that impacting even if they're not having a conscious decision with themselves or conversation mm-hmm. with themselves about like why am I making this decision how is this going to impact me how is this going to impact the community how, even if they're not doing that work yeah. it's still happening on some level and so that's that's why we're going back to what we were saying earlier we need to create a communal space where we can have those conversations right. because we do need to bring them up to the surface and right. allow people to make an informed decision right. or at least be aware of your decision may not be coming from a place that you want mm-hmm. it to come from. Right. And it's just kind of springing up because intuitively that's what you've been taught for generations mm-hmm. so that's what you believe. Mm-hmm. Lighter skin is prettier, therefore you're more attracted to white women and da 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 And you right. may not even realize all that is happening. Right. Right? So you just think you think she's fine. Right. And maybe she is. But... Have you considered this other piece? And maybe you didn't. Mm. And so, uh, you know, all these things. And you know, I'm watching this new O.J. Simpson thing, the 30 for 30 Yes. Series. Are you watching that? Man, no, I, I, I keep oh, hearing this great. Oh, my goodness. Beyond just the murder trial, they're giving, like, this whole backstory of who he was and how he grew up. And during, those, during the 60s when there was this huge movement with Muhammad Ali and Tommy Smith and all these people who were standing up for... Um, black civil rights and how O.J. Simpson, the way they're framing it, at least in this series, he made this very conscious decision to say, I'm not black, I'm O.J. And I'm choosing to not be the black athlete. I'm just a person that you can relate to that is a great athlete. That's all these things apart from my blackness, right? And so then you, you have his first wife, his black wife, two black children, life happens, they separate, he moves on. 
And I think on some level, this is speculation based on what I'm watching, he consciously made a decision to choose this white woman because in his mind, it meant something for his racial anonymity. Mm -hmm. Like, I am not in an interracial relationship because I don't even consider my race when I'm making decisions, period. Right. So this is not a black man marrying a white woman. This is a man and a woman getting married and Mm -hmm. we're removing that piece and all these different things. But all of the kind of, and I'm only on the second episode, apparently there's five installments, but there's, um, you know, kind of this tension that exists between them that didn't, at least they didn't show it, exists between him and his first wife. Mm-hmm. And I wonder that even though in his mind he was doing all this work to make this kind of ambiguous, I'm not black, I'm OJ thing and create this, like, I'm going to transcend race the way they tried to say Muhammad Ali did, but that's another day. Um, transcend race to just become a person, right. a being, a right. brand that is beyond my blackness. In trying so hard to do that, he in fact learned that he couldn't, right. and it frustrated him to the point of abuse and right. potentially right. murder. So, you know what I mean? So, so crazy. Very, it gets deep. And so you can choose to ignore it if you want to, but does that turn you into a sociopath? Like, I mean, that's an extreme example. Obviously, OJ is. Mm -hmm. Or maybe he isn't. Maybe he is just a very public kind of display of what happens when we don't deal with the reality of we black, you white, or you whatever, and that makes us different. Doesn't make one better or superior. Doesn't create a natural hierarchy. It just means historically, culturally, ethnically, and otherwise, we are different. And we get to acknowledge that and celebrate those differences and all those things, but we don't get to say, meh, get over it. I hate get over it. <laughs> I, so. I ain't getting over nothing. I'm not getting so. over it. I ain't getting over it. So, all right, Vic, we have gone on and on. And then there's yes, so much more. Have. There's so much more. Yes, we have. But I so appreciate this. I so appreciate oh, no. this, um, well. this conversation. Um, what I want you to do for sure, as we've talked about the importance of this, so I want you to give more information about your men's meeting. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Well, Victor Gabriel, I am on Facebook. So you can definitely reach me on Facebook if you want to. I'm also on Instagram, where Kings Reigns, W-H-E-R-E-K-I-N-G-S-R-E-I-G-N. Um, I facilitate a men's process group. On Friday nights at 7 p.m., 400 West Florence, Inglewood, California. This is more about black men getting together and talking and processing through things. So it's very honest, very honest conversations. And we just sort of deal with each other. What does it mean to build with each other? Just, that, so that's it's a men's is. processing group meets on Friday nights at 7 p.m. at yes. 400, is it West Florence? West Florence. 400 West Florence, Inglewood, California. California. You can find Vic on Instagram, on Facebook, all of those things. Please, brothers, if you're out there and you care where we're going... Oh, ladies, send your uh, ladies, send your young adult men. It's yeah. eighteen and up, no kids, I should say. So eighteen and up. Yeah, eighteen and up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And y'all, y'all got some stuff. It's cool to say you got some stuff. You ain't got a front. <laughs> like it's cool to be like, you know, I done been through some shit. And I need some help. Hey, believe like, me, it, it be going, it go, it go down. It goes, it, it goes down. down. We be yelling and cursing at each other. Do it. Screaming. Do all that. Do all of that. Get it'd be out. All type, it'd be all types of stuff that happened up in there, man. But at the end of the day, it's like real love. I'm I wish love. I could be a fly on the wall for that. It'd be crazy. So again, thank you so much, Vic, for coming through. Great, great oh, conversation. Bless, I feel thank like you. there's gonna be a, a part two, three, four, five, yes. six. Please. This is gonna be like the Fast and the Furious. It's never, <laughs> it's never gonna end. Never end. It doesn't matter. Anyway. Right. So this was dope. And we will we will do it again. Maybe I will have you back when Liana's on. Yeah. That'd be dope. Yeah. All right. Peace out. Peace.